must be some kind of way out of here. Say the joker to the thief. Boy, that gives me some good memories. I tell you, that's the that was the uh, time to grow up in this world. This is Gordon Martinez. The show is called American Honor. It's brought to you by RBN. The call-in number is 1-800-313-9443. And I've got a special guest that's uh, going to be calling in, uh, Doug Fantauzzi, a former uh, BATFE agent. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Fast and Furious. It's another one of those... Uh, little things that uh, the corrupt government uh, during the uh, Obama administration uh, failed to be held accountable for and we're going to we're going to be a uh, we're going to revise it we're going to go into the realm of revisionists I just learned that word that's a good word and that's the only way that uh, any of these, these wrongful acts can be uh, uh, satisfied and the people responsible for it be held accountable. Uh, they were responsible for this uh, to uh, meet their own agenda. The show is all about exposing corruption, and uh, uh, mainly in the uh, state of Nevada, which sets the standard for corruption, and uh, especially in the uh, city of Las Vegas. Uh, it is so blatant. It is so. Uh, right out there for everybody to see but it's been done for so long and, and it is it is just so outrageous that the people of this community uh, try to ignore it just so, so they can go on with their lives well I'm not that way uh, a lot of wrongs were done and I'm here to see that uh, it's not forgotten and that the people in this community uh, should demand justice because the same people that have committed those crimes and uh, and caused harm to this community are still there. They're still within the LVMPD. They're still in uh, local government, and uh, I, I just can't I can't even fathom how they can still be there. I mean, a perfect example of how you keep a crook in uh, office is Dirty Harry. That's a perfect example of. Of, uh, how long was he in this? Over uh, 20 years? 30 years? My God! And he's just one thing after another. But nobody has got the uh, the guts to go ahead and and uh, call him on it, uh, or the money, because it's going to take money, and it's going to take effort, it's going to take juice in order to uh, bring these people to justice. So, with that being said, uh, I hope that uh, my friend uh, uh, Doug Fantasi uh, calls in, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Fast and Furious and uh, some of the things that uh, uh, the Obama administration uh, should be held accountable for. Uh, one of the reasons that uh, this kind of sparked my interest is because I was watching a... Uh, uh, some news coverage over at Austin, Texas, and protesters against uh, Trump uh, were there calling for his impeachment and that uh, he's a traitor and that uh, he's uh, done this, he's done that. Well, uh, Alex Jones, uh, InfoWars, 
uh, sent a, uh, a commentator or an anchorman down to uh, interview these uh, protesters and uh, essentially offer them a platform on uh, the reasons why they're out there protesting and want uh, Trump impeached. And uh, he went through the crowd of protesters, and I'm telling you, what a, what a motley crew that was, um, and asked them directly, okay, uh, I see you saw, you're carrying a sign that says that uh, you want to see uh, President Trump impeached, and uh, why is it that... Uh, why is it that you uh, you feel this way? And so none of them, none of them, giving that question, could answer. Uh, because he's done so many bad things. Well, name one, and they couldn't answer. Which uh, pretty much tells me that all those people were bought and paid for, probably by Soros, uh, to disrupt uh, and to degrade uh, our president. None of them could answer the question, why would you want to have President Trump impeached? What, what has he done wrong? Name one thing. None of them could. But boy, what they sure came out with the profanity. And it was against that uh, commentator. So, I mean, something's wrong here, folks. Something's wrong. Why would somebody want to pay a bunch of people to say bad things about our president, but they're not even equipped them with the bad things to say about him. All oh, they just basically say that uh, President Trump should be impeached, and uh, that he's done all these bad things, and he's a traitor to the United States, and uh, it's ruined the United States, and it's divided us, and, and all this, and they can't even give an example. Now, if they're going to pay these people you know, good money to disrupt uh, and protest against President Trump, well, they ought to give him the ammunition at least to uh, engage in some kind of, uh, uh, you know, civil uh, discussion with any commentator that wants to go on there and, and offer them a platform to discuss why they, they believe that Trump is, uh, is so bad. Well, this is uh, basically what sparked uh, my interest in the Fast and Furious and uh, which has not been adequately addressed. Nobody's gone to prison for it. Nobody's been held accountable for it. And uh, I thought I would reach out and contact my friend, Doug Pantazzi, uh, who would probably know more about it than uh, most people, since he was working for the BATF at the, same, at the time that it was going down, and that uh, he had uh, insider friends that were explaining to him uh, how bad things really were. Well, I see that he's uh, on the uh, on the line now. Doug, are you there? I'm here, Gordon. Hello. Hello. How are you? How you been? I'm doing fine. I decided I had enough in Northern Virginia. I moved to Florida. You did? Where in Florida? I'm in Jacksonville. Good old Jacksonville. God, I didn't think uh, you'd ever be able to blast you out of Virginia. Well, that's good. Age. You didn't get married again, did you? No, not yet. Now, <laughs> one mistake at a oh, time. No. One, oh, one no. One mistake at a time, my friend. <laughs> oh, jeez. And, and I mean no offense to anybody that's happily married, so please. Oh, yeah. yeah the, if, it's a, if they're happily married, I mean, in my research uh, in uh, 
at least in the law enforcement realm, is that, uh, and in dealing with the criminal element for uh, 39 years, I would say probably 80% of all married couples are miserable and wish they hadn't done it. But uh, other than that, uh, I'm sure that the, the normal people, uh, you know, there are instances where everything works out. Do you so remember I, I, when you I, said, you remember one thing before you go, it, it, remember that one time when I was sitting in your car and you told me you read something like a psychology magazine and it said that the number of people that marry, get divorced, remarry, it was dropping the success rate, and by the time you got to your third or fourth spouse, the rates of success were like less than 10%. You were the that's one that told me that one. That's, that's correct. And it seems like it would be the opposite, you know? All right, if you've been through one bad one or whatever, well, then you know what not to, what to, what not to do and, and what to look for in the, in the next one. But it doesn't work yes. out that way for some reason. Nope. Well, it was, I, I, personally think that, I personally think it's because people are not honest with one another. You know, they, 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 uh, let's say uh, you had a, a bad situation in a marriage and uh, you explain to the new uh, uh, candidate uh, what happened and that new candidate, just in order to get married, uh, says, oh, no, that would never happen with me, uh, you know, right. and, uh, and then they, they're not honest. So yeah. it's... Uh, something to be said so, for that. Yeah, yeah, and that, that statistic still holds. Uh, what is it? Right off the bat, just uh, normal, average, everyday people, it's like 51% get divorced. Right off the bat. Now, with cops I agree. and law enforcement, seven out of eight marriages fail. Seven out yep. of eight fail. So, okay. well, don't, let, don't get me get started on this thing, because, and, you, and you're, you're causing my stomach to get upset. Because I think uh, we might be going down that road again, or may, maybe even considering it. My apologies. Okay. Well, anyway, what I'd like to talk about today is I'd like to talk about the inside, the outside, the uh, the suggested, and the real story behind the uh, Fast and Furious, and, and why is it that uh, nobody's been held accountable for this thing yet? So please. Okay. Uh, Please uh, uh, open up the discussion. And by the way, uh, the call-in number for uh, for this discussion is one eight hundred three one three nine four four three. And what I'll do is, uh, if we get to a a, a spot where uh, the listeners want to uh, chime in and uh, give their opinion, while Doug is still on the line and he can reply, uh, please do, uh, because this is a hot this is a hot subject. Uh, there are people killed, agents killed, and uh, the influx of thousands of, of, uh, of illegal weapons and, and, and legal weapons given to the drug cartels is, is, still, uh, is still there. It's still, uh, no one's been held accountable for it. So I'm uh, turning over the microphone to you. Tell me what's going on. Well, I, you know, I believe the plan originally started under the Bush administration. And at some point they said, oh, okay, well, you know, they put it in the drawer. And like any good police department or law enforcement agency, there's never a new thought. It's just recycling of the old thought. And then they decided they were going to go and pursue this again. And in theory, you know, it made sense. Let's see where these guns go. You know, you're having, you're seeing a lot of guns going into Mexico. You, you know, you have to, you know, you have to try and track down who's buying them and who for. And the plan at some point 
it was it was done by the special agent in charge or SAC of the Phoenix Field Division, a guy named Bill Newell, and they put together this idea that they were going to let these guns run into Mexico. And then wherever they turned up, because Mexico is pretty much carved up like you would imagine in the United States, only they're carved up by drug gangs. So, so wherever the majority of the guns were supposed to pop up is where then you figure, okay, it's the Sinaloa gang or it's this one or it's that one. Now, everything that agents were taught in the academy is that when you do gun trafficking investigations, you have to stop the guns. You can't let the bad guys leave with the guns. And they did not follow that protocol. They, or, or the agency policy, they didn't follow it. Uh, to do these type of gun trafficking investigations are very labor intensive. So if the nefarious, if Gordon Martinez is hired to go to, you know, ABC gun store out there in Las Vegas and pick up a load and take it, you know, down to Mexico, then the agents, let's say in Las Vegas, have to follow them all the way into where, to a point where they would stop it. And so right. when you have these type of, you know, uh, uh, operations going on, you start shutting down the entire field division. And because now you've got to send people, because ATF is not built like the FBI, where they can have, you know, in a matter of four hours, they can have 200 agents. So, you know, so you have to follow these things. And one of the things that came out was, at least I knew from people that were on the inside, that they they would follow them. And, and the guy or the guys that would take the gun, pick up the guns, they wouldn't go right to the border and go into Mexico. They'd stop off because they're, where was it, is it Houston Field? No, Phoenix. But they would... They would start making their way down to the border, but they'd stop off and visit their cousin for a day or two, and they'd go on a little bit further, and they'd stop off at you know their grandmother, and then they would keep going. Well, you can't let you can't lose visual, as you understand, of, of the guns, the car, you know everything. You and that's exactly what they were doing: is they were losing the visual on the guns. No, even better, the boss would tell them, "That's it. That's a wrap. Let it go." And the guy "That's like, a wrap. Yeah, you can go home." Yeah, go no, no overtime, nobody's staying. Um, you know, we'll get them next time, that kind of stuff. And they would allow these guns. And I've heard of stuff like they were going to put transmitters and, like, AR-15s and, you know, in the, on the inside and the, the, the bus stocks. And I don't know if that was ever really going to happen because that would require money. And, of course, the outfit didn't have it or they didn't have the know-how. And then so you had these guns popping up like this. And, right, and then you see them starting to show up over there. You're, you're winding up with, uh, uh, you know, Agent Terry, I think from the Border Patrol, he was killed uh, with one of the guns. And, you know, so now this thing is going. One of the guns that uh, the ATF had, had uh, arranged to have transported down to Mexico? No, one of the uh, the, the buyers, one of the traffickers. Okay, like yeah, they, okay. The, the gun stores themselves, I mean, they knew this was going on, and they were trying to help. And they would say, look, this guy's coming in here. He's buying two fifty caliber Barretts. You know, you want to do something. Uh, no, let it go. Go ahead. It's okay. And the guy said, you sure? Yeah, yeah, go. Let it go. So you have who is saying this? Just, who, is say, who is saying this is let it go? Well, uh, people with ATF management. Yeah, that are you. Uh, are you, are you allowed or, or whatever can, to, you know, hint at a name or something? You, uh... I understand that you're under a certain amount of pressure because you used to work for the uh, BATF. And that, I would uh, say that it went, I would say, suffice to say, it went to the highest levels of probably the field division management. Okay, what and, and what year? Because that can be tracked down. What, what year are we talking about? Oh, gosh, Gordon. Uh, 
I, I don't remember the specific date. I, I know the incident, for instance. It was told to me, but it wasn't the exact date because this was ongoing for a period of time. So, they what kind of rank, what kind of rank uh, or title would these individuals that say, "I let it go," would they uh, possess? It could have been the special agent in charge. It could have been the assistant special agent in charge. It could have been the field the supervisor of the uh, field office. Uh, in the Phoenix, the area? managers were all. Yeah, there was there was three managers. They were all kind of working in concert. I see. And so what happened? Well, you had these periodic runs of the guns going, so it was all known. U.S. Attorney's Office knew about it out there. They they knew this process was going. I knew and somebody Obama knew that, about this. Boy, you're, that's way above my pay grade. Um, well, it wouldn't surprise you would think me that he would, me. right? It wouldn't surprise me. It would it would not surprise me. Uh, and what about the Attorney General. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure he knew about it. Okay. I mean, you well, remember when... Then, yeah. You remember when we did the Moulin Rouge Casino fire, we worked on that. I walked in yeah. my office one day, opened up the case, it's on, it's an electronic format, and there's a blurb in my case management section that said it was briefed the Attorney General John Ashcroft, like two days before. So it wouldn't surprise me. You mean they um, put something in your in your notes that you didn't uh, weren't aware of? Right, yes. Because yeah. ATF, and I'm sure the other big agencies have them, they have a case management branch. So what that is, there are supervisors, agents that are looking at these big cases, and they're making sure that everything's done a certain way. And if they catch something, then they, they tell their superiors, and you know, well, people from the field, uh, from headquarters management call and say, what are you doing? You shouldn't do this, or you need to do that, or you're spending too much money. Um, and, and when there was a concerted effort, as I was told to me, to shield uh, the mechanics of the case from headquarters management. So Why? Because management screwed up? They didn't want management interfering in their case. Ah. I so, see. as I was understand it, they classify things as 6E material, and that means it's stuff that's derived through a grand jury, so if you're not on the 6E list, you can't look. So if you only put... If you're not on what e, list? It's called a 6E as an echo list. Oh, okay. And so if you didn't have anybody from case management or higher up given access to look, they can't look at it. They're not allowed to read it. That's the way the case program is written. It's to give it an anonymity and to protect it from eyes so you don't have leaks like we have now in the government at the White House. So you, you have that stuff kind of held on to. And... So uh, I knew somebody, for instance, that was an intelligence, and he said that he had sat there doing one briefing, and, and all the special agents in charge from the region were there, you know, like teleconferencing. And this, 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 this fact from the Phoenix Fielders was, you know, proudly talking about how he was doing this, and these guns are being moved, and, and whatever it was. And one of the other sacks says, when are you going to stop this? Well, when is this going to end? And he wanted to continue doing it because he thought he was going to get this huge case. And it wasn't until, I think it was Dotson that went forward. And I think he wrote a letter to Grassley, Senator Grassley's office, and they started looking into it. And then, you know, I, I, I don't understand, and I was told by a, a federal prosecutor that you know as well, never put anything in these emails. Don't risk oh, absolutely. sarcastic. You know, just keep oh, it yeah. whatever you're doing. Now, if you want to know what kind of your... Yeah, if you want to All right, we got to take a we got to take a break, and we'll come back. And 
I really do emphasize that uh, anybody who is listening to my show today that uh, want to chime in, add anything, or disagree with anything that uh, Doug or I say today uh, regarding the Fast and Furious, please call in 1-800-313-9463 and uh, put it on the record. Folks, we're living in a world the likes of which we've never perceived any clearer than we do now. The plan for global governance has been in the works for generations and would have likely been achieved by now, but for the fact that the globalists left open their Achilles heel. With all their tools, Federal Reserve System, fiat currency, no child left behind, and then Common Core education introduced to our schools to dumb us down, vaccines, pharmaceuticals to lobotomize us, GMO foods, insertion of compromised or bought and paid for politicians, judges, mainstream media propaganda, all pieced together like a puzzle designed to ultimately bring the world under submission. But with all their strategy, they forgot one thing, knowledge. And knowledge is power. With knowledge, their bombardment is nullified. Folks, with that, as brilliant and knowledgeable as you've become, among the wisest audience of any radio audience in the world, and you are, I want you to take a moment to reflect and ask yourself, how much of that knowledge did I obtain from Republic Broadcasting Network? How high has my consciousness been raised since I've been a listener? How fast am I now able to discriminate truth from fake news by being a Republic Broadcasting listener? How clear am I now able to see the world since I've been listening to RBN? Ask yourselves those questions, folks. Then ask yourself, what is that knowledge worth to me? Like my morning coffee, how would I survive without it? A voice of truth and a sea of lies. Do we not all need to make sure it survives? Like public broadcasting, we are now finding we can only survive with listener support. Censorship, advertisers being attacked, truth itself being attacked. It's the only way through this. We at Republic Broadcasting humbly ask you to become a supporter. Look at your budget and make a determination of what Republic Broadcasting is worth to you and what you can afford on a monthly basis. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and pledge 20, 30, 40, 50, if possible, 100 a month or more if it's affordable. Click the Donate button and become a regular monthly donor. Assure both us and yourself that Republic Broadcasting Truth will continue to flow like that morning coffee. The network thanks you. Homeowners, if your lender has gone out of business or sold your transaction to another lender or servicer, you may be the victim of a wrongful foreclosure resulting in the loss of your home. If you've already lost your home, are in foreclosure, or even in good standing, you can challenge the mortgage transaction's illegal issue and your property can be restored to you. And your foreclosure can be stopped or reversed and the mortgage transaction declared unenforceable. State laws, U.S. title codes, the Uniform Commercial Codes, and U.S. Supreme Court rulings have upheld that defective mortgage documentations can reverse or stop foreclosures and enforce property title claims in favor of the homeowner. We are having successes in stopping the process of foreclosure, the enforcement of the foreclosure judgments, the sale of property, and evictions after the sale. We are not attorneys, and we don't give legal advice. We are a professional team of legal researchers, providing forensic mortgage audits and expert witnesses. We have the knowledge to produce the evidence and enforce laws regarding your legal issues. We've been in business for 12 years without a complaint. Consultations are free, and we provide a free title search to confirm if your mortgage has legal defects. Please call 855-253-3748. 855-2-KEEP-IT-TODAY. All right, all right, all right. This is Gordon Martinez. The show is called American Honor. It's brought to you by RBN. And we have Doug Fantazzi on the line, a former BATF agent, just recently retired. And we were talking about Fast and Furious, and especially since him and I have both been subjected to the system 
of uh, emails and, and contact reports and reviews by management, uh, how you, you uh, handle and, and uh, are uh, managing a, uh, a criminal case. And uh, you're absolutely right, Doug. Uh, you put anything in an email or in like a case management uh, notepad or whatever it is, and it is for the public, for everyone to see. It doesn't matter how many restrictions they go ahead and put on it. Uh, it's just uh, the barriers that they put up, all, all it does is delay it. But uh, there is just nothing. I mean, uh, uh, Hillary uh, got a good dose of that with her emails. So, oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, you're obligated to put down when you write a, a report of investigation. You're obligated to put it in there. There's no getting around that. It's the stuff that occurred when they were writing emails. Like some of the agents that were in that field office that covered that case were complaining. They're like, look, we can't. we got to stop this. You can't have these guns running in Mexico. You've got to do something. And the supervisor turns around and st- writes some snarky email back telling these guys that you're doing cutting-edge law enforcement. If you don't like it, you should go work at McDonald's or work at a... Uh, sheriff's department or something like that at the jail. You know, that guy's, well, and that got turned over to Senator Grassley, too, and so now they had to explain all this kind of coercion of the agents to do this. And these things, yeah, I mean, there just, were a lot uh, of plot twists. Yeah, that, that makes you just want to get up in the morning, uh, get dressed and go to work and, and do the best job that you can when you have a supervisor, uh, and, and we have plenty of those, too. Yes, me. yes. Uh, it, uh, it takes a lot of... Uh, intestinal fortitude to be able to to go there with an open mind and be objective and uh, I guess maybe the word is uh, it's probably a little too harsh a word but to take revenge on supervision for uh, being so stupid uh, and uh, and ignorant to uh, treat their employees like that but uh, oh. and then uh, uh, I wanted to add that you were asking me how high did it go from what I gathered the acting director of the agency, a guy named, I think it was Ken Melson, he knew about uh-huh. it. They, like, had set up a closed-circuit camera so that he could look when these guys were coming in to buy the guns. He could watch. You know, and, and then later on, he kind of, well, I didn't know what was going on, really. And, like, they, they hooked the camera up in there. So how could you say this? And, and You're kidding me. He says he didn't know what was going on, and he had a, a, a private, special, uh, close-circuit uh, TV. I thought he had one set up, or he wanted it. I thought he did. And and it mm-hmm. would go up to his like big flat screen in his office, and he could watch it when the deals were going down. My God. So, so he had it. And then I think it was, gosh, when was it? 2011, 12? I think when Melson took over. When this thing struck, it was a 4th of July weekend, and Melson had cut a deal with the congressional investigators and went over 4th of July weekend. And brought all sorts of boxes because they were asking us to, you had any documents, could you please forward it to this particular person regarding Fast and Furious? And I think what he did was he had everything put in, like, the, the banker's boxes and went over to DOJ, Maine, and, and I think he spoke to whoever. And then I think by Monday or Tuesday morning, he was gone. And what do you mean he was up. gone? Well, I, it'd be like you go to the, uh, the sheriff's office, and then, like, the uh-huh. cleaning lady goes in to clean the sheriff's office, and, and he's gone. There's nothing there. There's no personal stuff anymore. It looks like the Grinch came, and he took everything, including the last can of hoo hash. There was nothing there. You mean so, like, uh, cleaning essentially lady, uh, it got burglarized and stolen? Uh, no, no. Melson, there was another thing 
DOJ did, where they removed Melson as the acting director of the agency, sent him back over to DOJ Maine, and they never told the rank and file. Oh, dear. Oh. And then what happened was that the cleaning lady must have told somebody, and they were all running around, where's the director? And next thing you know, they get a call from Fox News going, we understand the director Melson has been transferred to DOJ Maine. All right, we got to take a break. Uh, stay on the line, Doug. Uh, we we got right. a lot more to learn about this. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Nutramedical's New True Silver is a new angstrom silver wrapped in hydrogen and with a liposomal enzymatic envelope to deliver to target tissues. It will kill all viruses, bacteria, parasites, and pathogens. It goes through the biofilm with an amazing new technology developed by Dr. Bill at Nutramedical.com. You can get this amazing new nutraceutical, which is non-toxic for the eye, respiratory tract, or nose, or skin, at Nutramedical, N-U-T-R-I-Medical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I-Medical.com, or our order line, 888-212-8871. This new technology releases the silver ion to stimulate not only killing pathogens, but stimulates tissue regeneration and stem cell activation. It is thousands of times stronger than any colloidal or onyx silver uh, complex, and uh, with its enzymatic liposomal envelope, delivers it to the target tissues with very small dosages. Extendivite really works. Just listen to what some people have to say. About six months ago, my wife bought Extendivite. She didn't tell me she was giving it to me. So after about three days, I said, maybe, you know, maybe the weather's changed or something. I said, my, my, my legs feel really good. And she goes, well, I've been giving you this stuff, and it was the Extendivite. And you know that I'm about 75% better. I can actually climb stairs now, and I can get up out of chairs. I can, I can even get down, and, you know, I got to work under a table or a computer table and work on a computer. I can actually get back up off the floor. You know what? It's an amazing product. I can't believe I didn't think anything short of having surgery was going to help. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply of either capsules or liquid. Call now. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Without the right accessories, any guy can be off the mark. Whether you've invested thousands in your arsenal or you own a single trusted firearm, a visit to aroutfitting.com is in order. It's one of the finest online selections of tactical optics and AR parts and add-ons, like EOTech, quick target acquisition with no peripheral loss. Browse the full range of Nikon scopes and binoculars. AirOutfitting.com can illuminate your world with streamlight gun-mounted lights from keychain to large handhelds up to 1,100 lumens. Find some stability with Battenfield Tactical Bipods. AirOutfitting.com has CMMG gun parts, barrels, assemblies, handguards, part kits, and more. Plus magful clips and magazines. I know I've got you excited, so take a breath. Head to AirOutfitting.com. The site's super easy to navigate and features a ton of technical info, including links to manuals. We also welcome vendor and manufacturer inquiries. Remember, if you don't see it, we can get it at AirOutfitting.com. Without the right accessories, any guy can be off the mark. Whether you've invested thousands in your arsenal or you own a single trusted firearm, a visit to AirOutfitting.com is in order. 
It's one of the finest online selections of tactical optics and AR parts and add-ons, like EOTech, quick target acquisition with no peripheral loss. Browse the full range of Nikon scopes and binoculars. AirOutfitting.com can illuminate your world with streamlight gun-mounted lights from keychain to large handhelds up to 1,100 lumens. Find some stability with Battenfield Tactical Bipods. AirOutfitting.com has CMMG gun parts, barrels, assemblies, handguards, part kits, and more. Plus magful clips and magazines. I know I've got you excited, so take a breath. Head to AirOutfitting.com. The site's super easy to navigate and features a ton of technical info, including links to manuals. We also welcome vendor and manufacturer inquiries. Remember, if you don't see it, we can get it at AirOutfitting.com. If the lonely night surrounds you Okay, this is Gordon Martinez. I'm back. The show is called American Honor. It's brought to you by RBN. The call-in number is 1-800-313-9443. I've got uh, former special agent Doug Fantasi of the BATF on the line. Uh, just recently retired, and we're talking about Fast and Furious. And the, uh, uh, let's say, mismanagement of uh, some of the leaders and administrators that uh, were involved in the uh, in the operation, uh, Fast and Furious. You know, Doug, I, uh, I know you're basically the same way. I never wanted to see uh, my organization or the LVMPD, and I'm sure you didn't want to see the BATF look ridiculous and, uh, and uh, do things like... Uh, like Fast and Furious, and, and I've got plenty of stories to tell you how uh, the LVMPD operated. But it seems like uh, whenever management uh, stick their finger in uh, any operation uh, without uh, properly consulting the people that are actually doing it, or at least uh, taking into consideration what has been done, they just kind of like jump in and then they accept, accept uh, or expect to receive the credit if there's any due, and then they jump out again and just leave you with a big pile of crap. So, um, I mean, you know, that's... If they ever wrote a book, if they could ever write a book about it, and call Fast and Furious, and then in parentheses, or the semicolon, and it says, the end does not justify the means. This would be the t- should be a proper title. Something along those lines. This was initiated by a, a uh, field division special agent in charge, and it was orchestrated, and was pushed down through the, the ranks of management, and they forced them to do this. And it was it was not uh, it was not well thought out, or it was the greed of one or two people who thought they, they saw themselves as the next deputy director or associate director of field operations. My father used to have the old saying: every senator, when they get up in the morning, you know, to shave or brush their teeth, they look in the mirror and they see the next president of the United States. And I think that that's what go. happens a lot of the time. Well. The uh, uh, the same thing goes uh, for the major police department, like LVMPD. Uh, if I told you, if I told you, and I was called out, me and my uh, squad was called out at four o'clock in the morning in order to straighten out this uh, uh, this kidnapping case. Um, the uh, the squad that was on duty and uh, had uh, received this. Uh, this phone call from the victim parents that said that their daughter was kidnapped and uh, and that uh, if they sent a certain amount of money in Western Union, that their daughter would be uh, released. 
and uh, they contacted the police department and uh, the phone numbers that the, uh, the bad guys had called uh, through Western Union were traced and, uh, and it was traced to a, a residence in Orange County, California and they, uh, they sent the, the uh, Riverside SWAT team uh, down to this residence and uh, busted in and, and uh, handcuffed everybody and terrorized uh, all the occupants, uh, the family and kids and, and everybody else. And uh, then uh, uh, it was found out later that uh, one of the uh, detectives in the uh, LVMPD had uh, transposed the number on the telephone, on the telephone oh, number that was uh, called in. So this was uh, the wrong place. And uh, yep, the yep. wrong, uh, and <clears throat> my squad uh, was called in to, in order to take it over, and uh, it took all of about uh, two hours to kind of like straighten it out and find out that the uh, the daughter was in on it and there was a boyfriend and that drugs were involved and and all that. And anyway, it, it all washed out. But can you imagine the lawsuit that uh, sure. that uh, was uh, it initiated because of this uh, transposed number? And sure, it, nothing was malicious here, but by God, uh, somebody's got to pay for something like that. Busted out all the windows, busted the doors, and I mean, like I said, the SWAT team just doesn't go in there silently. Uh, it does sometimes, oh, but uh, generally they, they leave a lasting impression. So oh, I mean, I, stuff I like this. Like that. Hmm. The same thing. Well. Instead, it was a deputy yeah. marshal that worked with her. He got into a fight with her boyfriend, claimed that she was raped by the guy. The New York City Police Department goes running into the guy's apartment. He runs out the fire escape. They have this huge manhunt. They're, they're working over the guy's mother. And eventually, it comes out later, and I'll spare all the gory details. She made it up. Oh. And then, you know, the DA's office wanted to charge her with lying under oath. And, and, and the, the chief deputy, he didn't want to see that happen to her. And he convinced the DA's office he would take care of it. Internal Affairs showed up and said, just give us your badge now, and we'll be done with it. No, nope, she's going to fight it. And the same chief called somebody up at headquarters, and they squashed it. And I knew that oh. from a boss who talked to the head of internal affairs. They were friends. They used to work together. And the guy told them, it didn't come from me. It came from above, of course. And see, the public doesn't know about this. No. That woman was allowed to stay on. She eventually, they, they backed her. She got a Ph.D. and on full government time, and then she, she quit. And I think she, I don't know what she does now. I've heard some stuff. But this is the kind of nonsense that goes on. These people, just, you know, uh, you try to do the right thing, but then sometimes you got to let people swing. Well, it looks like we got a caller on the line, and uh, we'll take him. And, Doug, you stay on, on the phone, and okay. uh, we'll see you uh, with uh, Chris in Las Vegas. Are you there? Chris? Yo, Chris. I guess we lost. I beg your pardon? Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, Chris, uh, got a little technical difficulty. Call back on that 800 number, 1-800-313-9443. So, I mean, I can go on and on, and I I'm not here to, to let uh, the public know what a bunch of idiots that we have uh, for administrators, and uh, basically, uh, 
uh, if they all all of a sudden disappeared, and let's just say uh, the maybe the two top levels of administration, you got to have something at least for a uh, you know like was, background. That uh, it was only one person. It was only one person fired from Fast and Furious. Only one. Really. Only and one. How many people? How many people do you think had their hands in that? Management. You had the supervisor. He got transferred back to headquarters. I think they. They put him in a room and they walled it up like a man in the iron mask. They took, uh, I think the assistant special agent in charge that covered that, I think he got bounced eventually at headquarters. They took the special agent in charge, they demoted him. They were hiding him in Salt Lake City as an analyst for a little while, and I think he made his way back to headquarters, but he's not at the rank he used to be. And he was a fair-haired kid. He was going to, you know, go up. And then I think the U.S. attorney to handle it, he resigned. And I, I remember there was something fishy with the U.S. attorney's office out there. People either retired or somebody died or something, and I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, and then the deputy assistant director, I think, that was assisting it, he was the only one that was ever fired. And that came about while he was under administrative leave or house arrest, as I like to call it. He, uh, he was home for a while. And then the director, Jones, B. Todd Jones, they wanted him to serve with some papers, and they find out that the guy's not even in the country, that he got a job working for J.P. Morgan Chase Bank in the Philippines. Like MacArthur, uh -oh. the Supreme Allied Commander of Security. So he's down uh -oh. there, and Jones finds out, and he, he loses his mind. And he's like, who the hell signed? And the guy says, I, I got permission. And they went back, and they pulled all the, like the request for off-duty employment or something like that. And they came back, and there were three upper-level executives that signed it. All of them retired. So they couldn't punish those guys. So this guy's in the Philippines. And then they tried to make him come back, and he wouldn't, and they went back and forth, and they finally fired him. But the guy, I found out later from somebody in headquarters, that guy was making so much money, it didn't matter. So I think those guys at their level are making about, they're making under 200. So let's say it's around 170. This guy had to be making in the threes, in the 300K wow. range. So he didn't care. <laughs> I've been to the Philippines on vacation. U.S. dollars go very far. So. Hello. Hello. What well, this? good afternoon, Doug and Gordon. I'm really enjoying Doug's uh, oh. learned comment from the special agent. Is this Chris? It is Chris. Thank you very much. Okay. Do you have a uh, you have any specific uh, questions for Doug or or me uh, with regard to this the subject of Fast and Furious? Well, not so much on the Fast and Furious, although he obviously has deeper knowledge than most of us out here do, but uh, you're a pretty sharp guy, and I am, you know, I know a little bit. Uh, but I was calling up more about some of the things I've uncovered here in the Las Vegas that are very nefarious, such as Jackie Wilson Glass, the head judicial officer for the 8th Judicial District, so-called so competency court, who is actually Jackie Wolfson Glass, married to Steve Wolfson, district attorney, the head prosecutor. And then there's also uh, Karen Bennett-Rohan, and then she has the chief public defender that's been there for many, many years, Christy Rohan-Craig, which uh, appears to have some conflicts of separation of powers on a couple different levels of nepotism here in the Las Vegas area that I don't no. think uh, you no, or Doug would be surprised stop, at. Stop right there. You're saying that there's nepotism in Las Vegas? <laughs> layers and layers, I think. Okay, continue. It seems to be a, 
egregious violation of separation of powers and the fact that the governor of the state uh, is a former federal judge, it seems to me pretty bizarre if they belong to the same bar that they don't have full knowledge of these things unless the uh, Wolfsons are very cagey and crafty about hiding these facts from everybody, including their bar members, which I don't think that's possible if I know it, others must know it. I got to share something with you about uh, Jackie Glass. Okay, uh, before she was a judge, before and she was an attorney, uh, I was investigating a case where a fire truck slammed into the side of a carload full of teenagers and then one adult at uh, Jones and uh, Jones and uh, Spring Mountain. So or, or DI, excuse me, DI and Spring Mountain. Or, or, or correction, Spring Mountain and Jones. Anyway, uh, everybody got hurt, except the, the fire truck, obviously. Anyway, I found the fire truck uh, people at fault, and I uh, was uh, interviewing the uh, <clears throat> the other participants in the other vehicle, and uh, Jack Glass was in the room because <clears throat> she was representing him. And uh, as my back was to Jack Glass, and I was talking with the uh, with the witnesses, she was uh, motioning with her head and body uh, to answer yes or no for the witnesses to answer yes or no uh, to any more ah, questions. Coaching. And I cut, yeah, oh, you talk about it, super coaching. And I, anyway, I turned around real quick and I caught her. And I said, oh, Jackie, <laughs> that's, that's not a nice thing to do. I wasn't doing anything, you know, blah, 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 you know, whatever. But I just thought I'd let you know that, uh, you know, that's some of the, the, uh, the games that uh, at are played here, and they're not nice games because these are, are important topics. I mean, especially uh, when uh, uh, you got something as horrific as a fire truck, an 80,000-pound uh, uh, fire truck slamming into a, an SUV full of teenagers. I mean, uh, my God. And, of course, I, my uh, reputation uh, wasn't exactly the greatest because uh, I found the fire department at fault. The Clark County Fire Department uh, bought that one. Uh, maybe they didn't like my comment when I said, you guys ought to get out the checkbook and just uh, try to move on. So anyway, uh, what, what, I, uh, what I wanted, to, what I wanted uh, the callers to do is, uh, is to talk a little bit about the Fast and Furious because it seems like everybody's forgotten about it. And, everybody's, uh, and nobody's been held accountable for it. Uh, Doug tells me that there's only been one person that actually got fired and got blamed for this. And uh, several of them uh, got demoted, some of them got, got transferred, uh, but we don't hear about that. And so that kind of leaves a, like a bad taste in your mouth, you know, like, well, uh, I mean, Doug, how many, how many agents or how many people were killed uh, by these weapons that were uh, illegally uh, uh, put into these cartels' hands? I would say hundreds, I, I, and I wouldn't be surprised if some of these guns are still washing up. And nobody's doing anything about it right now, right? Guns are gone. Um, you know, it, it, remember, nobody wanted this thing to be dragged. They didn't want the dirty rags to be dropped out, dragged out to the sun. It, it would have been hugely embarrassing to the administration. It would have been embarrassing to the agency, the presidency. I, you know, so it, it just... They all wanted it to go away, you know. Right. And you want you want to see a couple of bodies swinging from a rope 
on a yard arm out in front of headquarters, and you go, okay, well, we got some of these guys, you know, that kind of thing. But they don't do that. And much the way you were talking about the uh, kind of incestuousness with the VA's office and the governor and all that stuff, that happens in the 80s, especially in the upper left. Because these guys don't, like the FBI has a policy. Either you promote up or you go back down or you leave. There's no, like either I think you got to promote up or you got to get out. So you can't right. hang out. And they can't play it. You can have a guy turn around and the assistant director of intelligence or something like that. And he could turn around and go, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to run a field division. So he drops down two ranks. And I, I was like, you know, I sat with a manager, an upper-level manager, he talked about it. And he goes, well, that's what we do. I go, no. And he, I, this person was in the New York City Police Department. You don't have a three-star chief turn around and go, you know, I don't want to be a three-star chief anymore. I want to run a precinct. And you drop down three grades. No, it doesn't happen that You know, right. and, and, but, but some of these guys, so they're, they are loath to discipline each other. So you get a lot I do of have people. a fast and furious question. Go ahead, Chris. Well, as I recall, there was a shooting down on a lake, I think. I, I should be able to tell you the name of the town, but it was across the border in Texas. And there was a shared lake in between the two. And there was a lady and her husband, they're pretty young, out on a jet ski, and they got shot from the Mexican side. And I think it was a Fast and Furious a rifle that shot them and killed them. I remember them, this. Uh-huh. And they, they never did clear it up. I wonder if Doug has a little info on that one. I don't think they did either, because if it was shot by one of the cartel guys, who's going to go into Mexico and look for them? And you have to remember, too, the Mexican government is tremendously compromised. I'll use that word. So these guys <laughs> are, are... So there's no... I knew people that went down there to do uh, bombing cases. And there they are working, they're sifting through the debris, and one guy finds a phone. And next thing you know, there's a Mexican official following them around. And he sees he's discovered the phone. He starts yelling something in Spanish, snatches the phone away. The phone reappears about an hour or two later, and the SIM card's gone. I mean, so you're, you're, you know, you, you can't get, you're not going to get the cooperation you'd hope for, no matter what they say. I knew another guy. He was acting attache down there. And he, he gets a call from the, basically at the Attorney General Chihuahua. And he turns around, and the woman calls the acting attaché and says, listen, I'm going to go on the news in about 15 minutes. I'm going to crash you guys over past the periods. He goes, okay, why are you calling me? I just wanted to tell you I was going to do it, but I don't really believe it. I just need to do this. So, you know, you have a lot in that government. It's tremendously duplicitous. There's no way you're going to get a straight, you know, a straight scoop. It's very difficult to deal with them. And and I knew another guy that was down there working out of the, uh, out of the embassy. They they had wiretaps or, or satellite, like the trans phones. And I think it was one of the Mexican presidents on the phone, and it wasn't that far back. And he might have been the guy that we're not paying for this wall. And, and he comes out and says, you know, they're on the phone with the drug dealers. So it goes to the highest level. You're not going to get one of those Hollywood endings where it's all wrapped up in a nice neat bow and, and you know, it, right. it's going to go and everybody goes, okay, well, justice was finally served. It'll be like some episodes of the old X-Files with Scully and Mulder walk away, and there's nothing they can do. Well, and, we got about uh, we got about three or four minutes left. I'm surprised they, they haven't uh, chimed in with the commercial. But uh, what I wanted to do, uh, and Chris, thanks for calling in, and uh, I'll be talking to you next week maybe. So um, 
what I'd like to do is I'd like to just uh, make you aware uh, my so former supervisor, uh, James Tom Melton. Uh, I don't know if you've been following it in the newspaper, uh, but he, no? he got caught with a hand in the cookie jar. Why am I not surprised? Yeah, yeah. Now, for him uh, to go ahead and railroad me and uh, get forced me to medically retire and, and uh, do all the nasty things that he did, uh, including threatening my life twice, uh, that uh, crime report that I made about that has disappeared uh, miraculously. Anyway, uh, they promoted him uh, for, that, uh, for all that good work that he did against me. He made him a lieutenant. Well, lately, uh, they also made him a commander of the SWAT team. Well, it just goes to show you, you know, I mean, uh, no, uh, uh, no good deed goes un unpunished or, or no uh, bad deed goes uh, unrewarded. So um, he's now the commander and, uh, and, and in charge of the SWAT team. Well, next thing you know, he's, his picture and his uh, information uh, and this accusation, indictment uh, by the uh, state attorney's uh, attorney general's office and the Clark County District Attorney's office for cheating uh, elderly people out of uh, their money and uh, several other fraud cases. And uh, so there he is. Uh, and I, I've, uh, I've got documentation, paperwork that I've uh, let the police department know uh, starting in 2010 about how this guy, he needs to be evaluated. This guy's nuts. He needs to be mentally and and or just mentally evaluated. And I told him all the crimes. He's a racist. Uh, and I I've hung so much paper on him that the administration could never, in a million years, say that uh, they didn't know what was going on. They didn't. They they weren't aware of what uh, what was happening. I also, and this was one of my mo's. Whenever I would uh, notify the administration. And this is after 2010, November uh, 7th, uh, and this is where uh, my immediate supervisor, Sergeant at the time, then Sergeant James Melton, uh, now uh, Lieutenant uh, James Melton, uh, threatened my life, uh, threw uh, uh, ethnic slurs at me, uh, accused me of uh, committing policy violations, uh, had me uh, threatened to transfer me. Uh, right out of the robbery homicide uh, uh, section into the uh, into one of the substations and taking crime reports. Uh, everything that he could possibly think of to threaten me with, uh, which uh, I guess it just had one of those uh, cardiac episodes uh, with me, and I had a minor heart attack. And I had to uh, uh, resign, or, or eventually resign, but uh, I went and, and uh, sought medical attention. And then the police department wouldn't even cover my medical attention. Uh, so, and that took about a year and a half and about $50,000 worth of, of accrued uh, medical leave that I had uh, stored up uh, during my uh, career. And, uh, well, it just goes to show you, you know, here he is. He's ripping off elderly people. And not only is the attorney general's office uh, involved in this, but the Clark County uh, District Attorney's Office is involved in this. And I, I can tell you, uh, the police department, it looks like they threw him under the bus. Uh, they were through with him. They, he did what they, what they wanted him to do. And uh, now this is what you get. This is what eventually happens.
when you sleep with dogs, you're going to get fleas. That's all there is to it. So anyway, I just thought I'd let you know that uh, and what goes around comes around. You have to look at it through a bigger lens. And then, yes, I agree with you. Yeah. And I I, uh, I know that you, you have a few people that uh, were in the BATFE that uh, were, uh, let's say, less than cordial towards you. Okay. You've got a... You've got a, a few people there that uh, uh, got away with it. They got away with it, and uh, and you you haven't found uh, actually any ju- any uh, any justice with some of these people. But I, I can I can tell you this: eventually, eventually it all comes around. Anything that goes yep. around comes around, and uh, it, it's happening. These people cannot be happy. They cannot be happy, especially something like this. Can you imagine yep. being involved in a scheme to rip off elderly people, their pensions and their, and their retirement and, and, and whatnot? Yep. And here he is. He's, he's got to be making, you know, uh, 140, uh, 136, 140, being the commander. And uh, here he goes and says something like this. Yep. So, anyway, I can hear the music. Doug, thanks for uh, coming on to the show. And I'd sure like you to uh, continue on this. If you can make it next week or the week after, that, that'd be great. Thanks for having me. Let me know when you need me. Okay, we'll do. Well, Take folks, care. I think that, that that's the end of our show. And uh, thanks for listening. And uh, have a good one. It's been a slice. And politics, nothing is new. A yardstick for lunatics, one point of view. Who cares what games we choose? Little to win, but nothing to lose. Many people write us about their experience with Extendivite. Allow me to read you some from Amazon.com. It really does work like the review says it does. I cannot believe that after the first few days, I didn't feel as sluggish or clogged up. It has had a profound impact on my physical, emotional well-being. I'm skeptical as most people about products and their claims, and I never write reviews. But this is a wonderful product, and I recommend it to everyone. Great product. It has brought my blood pressure from the mid-150s over the 80s to the mid-130s over mid-80s. Along with diet and exercise in just the past couple of months. Excellent. Thank you, David. Tell us your story. Get Extendivite today. Call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.